Hey, good morning. It's time to dismiss the children to go to children's church. So if there are any kiddos here, we invite them to go out the back. I'm sure there's somebody back there that is uh, leading them. Mr. Bill is going to take them back to children's church. So we're grateful for that. Hey, who is ready for Thanksgiving? Oh, man, I'm telling you, the bird, the ham, the, the green bean casserole, the dressing. I mean, can you just taste it? Is your mouth watering right now? I mean, come on, let's bring it. I have a question, though. Anybody here having turducken this year? No? Man, I got to find somebody that makes it because it sounds interesting. I mean, it is chicken stuffed inside of a duck, tucked inside of a turkey. I mean, it's got to be an upscale version of a hot dog or something like that, where just all these meats crammed into delicious stick, right? I've never had it, so I'm curious about it. It's a wild combination. I mean, what genius thought, hey, let's take chicken and turkey and stuff it in a turkey or chicken and duck and stuff it in a turkey. But there's some other combinations that make me wonder, you know? I was reading some stuff online. What if you combined a turkey and a banjo? <laughs> Would you get a bird that could pluck itself? M makes you think, doesn't it? Or what if you combined a turkey and a meteorologist? Is that a recipe for foul weather? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and what would you get if you raised a turkey in a vineyard? W would you come up with a wine goblet? <laughs> okay, okay. I hear the groans. Don't quit my day job. You pay me to be a pastor, not a comedian, right? My family had actually warned me. They're like, lose the Thanksgiving jokes. You need to quit it. And I was like, you know, but here's the deal. I have to do it incrementally because there's no way I can stop cold turkey. But <laughs> All right, enough of that, enough of that. Listen, though, some of you may be telling those jokes around the table at Thanksgiving, and if you tell it, remember me, okay? All right, I gave you that, that gross fodder. Anyway, I hope this week will um, be a week where you take some time to consider the true meaning of the holiday that it would be more than just eating and family time, but that you would take some time this week to consider WWJD. What would Jesus do? You see, the Christian life is all about following the example that has been set by our master, isn't it? I mean, when you look in scripture and you see Jesus telling the disciples, follow me, it was to have a front row seat to learn about the Christian walk and to live with Jesus to become more like him. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21 says, Jesus suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow in his steps. And the, the literal meaning of this is that we ought to follow Jesus, not just directionally, but intentionally being just like him, imitating everything he does and says to the point where we are walking in his footprints. Jesus himself told his disciples in John 13, 15, listen, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. 
And I've been looking at this over the past couple weeks and the, the fact that Jesus kind of sets the pattern down for so many aspects of the Christian life. I mean, he showed us how to be obedient and what obedience looked like. He showed us what service looks like. He showed us about what it means to be giving and living in community and, and what it requires even for rest. Jesus is con constantly setting an example for us. And it's amazing to me to think that God never asks us to do something that he hasn't already done. Think about that. So this morning, I want us to consider something. How did Jesus demonstrate living a life of thanksgiving? I wanna look in scripture this morning and see a couple specific instances where Jesus gave thanks to the Father and for the things he was grateful for. Jesus thanked God for food. If you're taking notes, number one would be food. Mark chapter 6, verse 41, it's the feeding of the 5,000 where Jesus takes a little boy's lunch, five loaves and two fish. And, and the Bible says that Jesus took those, and after he had taken those, he looked up into heaven and he gave thanks and broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples to distribute to all the people. Then a couple of chapters over in the feeding of the 4,000, that miracle where they had seven loaves in Mark chapter eight, six and seven, Jesus directed the people to sit down on the ground and taking the seven loaves, he gave thanks and he broke them and started giving them to his disciples to serve to others. And then we find in Luke chapter 24, this is after Jesus had suffered, died, and was resurrected, where he's walking. He appears with two disciples walking on the road to Emmaus, and he sidles up next to them, and he starts breaking down the scripture concerning him and all the things that had happened. And when they got to Emmaus, they were stopping for the night, and Jesus acted like he was going to go on, but they begged him to stay with them. And the Bible says, when it came time, he reclined at, reclined at the table with them. He took the bread, gave thanks, broke it, and he gave it to them. These are but a few examples, and I'm sure there were many, many other times when Jesus stopped to give thanks to God for food. They're not recorded, but we have these special times recorded to let us know Jesus was thankful for food. It was part of his custom. It was a habit, if it were. But in these instances, we see Jesus time and again acknowledging and expressing gratitude for God's provision because it's not just limited to food, isn't it? God is a God who gives us everything we need. You remember on the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6, Jesus said that God knows everything we need. He said to us specifically, don't worry about what you will eat or what you will drink or what you will wear. The heavenly Father knows you need these things. And after these things, the pagan desperately seek. But you, you seek first the kingdom of God and God will take care and add these things to you. God is our provider. He gives us food and drink. He gives us clothing and shelter. He takes care of every minute detail of our life. So we ought to have an attitude of gratitude for everything he does for us. First Timothy chapter four, verse four says, for everything created by God is good. 
and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with gratitude. Are you grateful today for God's provision? Are you following Jesus' example by giving thanks for it often? Consider this. What if everything we failed to thank God for disappeared? How much would we have left? I gotta say, I'm afraid about some of the things that may disappear if that were to ever happen. Jesus set the pattern. He established that we need to be acknowledging God's provisions with gratitude and thanks, that we should follow in his steps and do likewise. And then number two, Jesus thanked God for revealing truth. If you look in your Bibles in Matthew chapter 11, that this, this whole chapter, Jesus is just really frustrated by the lack of faith and repentance in the areas where he did most of his miracles. He calls out Capernaum specifically. He says to Capernaum, this is such a major indictment. Listen, if the things that I did among you happened in Sodom, they would have responded and would have remained to this day. Ooh, man, that must have been like burning heaping coals upon those folks. And then we get down to verse 25. This is where Jesus is giving thanks. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the prudent and have revealed them to babes. When I first read this, Thank you, God, for hiding these things from the wise and prudent. Really? Jesus? Because God is such a, a revealer of himself. But then I realized this is kind of tongue-in-cheek because they really missed it, and he was frustrated. He's citing the failure of the religious leaders to recognize and to respond to the good news being revealed to them. They even missed it when it was accompanied by signs and wonders. That's hard to believe, isn't it? I mean, lame people were getting up and running all over the place. Deaf people were hearing. People that are mute are shouting the praises of God. The dead are being raised. Demons are being cast out. Hello, anybody home? I think the lights are on, but it doesn't seem like you're getting it. And the scholars completely missed it. But you know who did get it? the simple and the lowly. They readily received it, accepted it, and embraced it. Jesus thanked God for making his truth accessible for the meek, the humble, and the lowly. He thanked God for revealing his plan, his word, his good news. Consider this, all right? I don't want to chicken fry your brain, but just think about this for a moment. An infinite God whose ways are unfathomable, lovingly reveals himself in ways that we can comprehend it. Not because we deserve it, but because he's good and he wants to bless us. It's mind-blowing. But how often do we ignore that or even worse, maybe just take it for granted? Reminds me of the days when I was growing up and my dad would do things for us and I never said thank you. I just took it for granted. Thankfully, over the years, I, I kind of wised up and realized that all of his sacrifices, all of his goodness, all of his kindness came at a price to him. And so I began to thank him and to express gratitude for his kindness and his generosity. 
You know, I hope that we never get to a place where we forget God's love and kindness or never take it for granted. I wanna thank God for revealing his truth to someone just like me. I'm reminded Psalms 86 verses 11 and 12. Teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name, and I will give thanks to you, O Lord my God, with all my heart, and I will glorify your name forever. I will give you thanks as I walk in your truth that you have revealed to me. And then over in Psalm 108, verses three and four, we read these words. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples, and I will sing praises to you among the nation, for your loving kindness is great above the heavens and your truth reaches to the skies. I will give thanks for your loving kindness and your truth. Jesus cut a pattern for us to say thanks to God for making himself known to us, his truth, his grace, his word. And he did so in a way that we could respond to it. So we need to follow in Jesus's steps. Then number three, Jesus thanked God for prayer. John 11, verses 41 and 42, um, th this is that section of scripture where Lazarus has died. You remember that story where Jesus's good friend Lazarus was sick and his sister sent for Jesus and they said, come and, and, and help him. Uh, the friend, Lazarus, the one you love is, is sick. And Jesus delayed for several days to the point where when he finally arrived, Lazarus had died and they had already buried him. And Jesus, so that's that famous place where Jesus wept, right? That, that scripture that we all memorized when we were in youth group so we could get the prize, right? But, but Jesus wept. Then he tells him to remove the stone and Jesus looks up and he says, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here that they may believe that you sent me. Here we have Jesus thanking God for always hearing his prayer. He knows how, how very important and essential prayer is. And he spent significant time teaching his disciples all about it through word and example. And here in this instance, as he's given thanks to the Father, Jesus is letting all of us know that prayer is not a futile religious act. It is a conversation that God participates in and to which he responds. First John chapter 5, 14 and 15 tells us this. This is the confidence that we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request which we have asked from him. And then Psalm 138, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, with all of my heart, I will sing your praises before the gods. I bow before your holy temple as I worship. I praise your name for your unfailing love and faithfulness, for your promises are backed by all the honor of your name. Then verse three, listen to this. For as soon as I pray, you answer me. You encourage me by giving me strength. Thank you, Lord, that you answer me and encourage me by giving me strength. It's, it's kind of an essential thing, isn't it? Thanksgiving. And thanks should be part of every prayer we pray. 
Father, thank you. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for listening to someone just like me. And thank you for responding. Paul said that we ought to include prayers and uh, thanks in our prayers. He said it this way in Philippians chapter 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Jesus set an example for us that we should follow in his footsteps, thanking God for prayer. And then lastly, but probably most importantly, Jesus thanked God for our salvation. Luke 22, Jesus is in the upper room with his disciples. They're celebrating the Passover meal. And when the supper had ended, in verse 17, it says this, and after taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among yourself. Skipping down to 19 and 20. And he took bread. He gave thanks and he broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Here we have Jesus at the last supper as we know it. And he wasn't thanking God for food. We've already covered that. No, this is all about our salvation, isn't it? Jesus is thanking God for his body that is about to be broken and his blood that is about to be shed for us. And Jesus is thankful for this means of redemption, even though it's going to mean that he is going to suffer a barbaric death. Why? Because Jesus knew we needed it. So he was willing to go through hell for us than go to heaven without us. So if Jesus thanked God for our salvation, how much more so should we be thankful beyond just a monthly observance of Holy Communion? I remember when Landon was about two years of age, we went out to eat one day and we were eating at an Italian restaurant and they brought breadsticks, right? Love breadsticks. And, and sometimes we go the extra mile and we get the marinara so we can have that to dip in. And as Landon took a piece of bread and dipped it into the marinara, he said, body of Christ for you? So, so cute. But it convicted me to the core. See, that should have been the lesson I taught him, not the other way around about being thankful for God's sacrifice everywhere and at all times. See, Jesus offering his body is such a precious gift that it ought to be highly valued and appreciated every time we think about it, and we ought to think about it often. 2 Corinthians 9.15 says it this way, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. See, if God did nothing else for us but give us this gift of salvation, and if Christ did nothing else rather than just sacrifice his body for us, that should be enough to set us on a journey of thanksgiving that knows no end. You see, because of it, we can actually follow in his steps. Or as it says in Colossians chapter 2, 5 through, through or 6 and 7, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. And it goes on. 
There's many other scriptures in the Bible that talks about thanksgiving and giving thanks and what we ought to thank God for and, and all the different ways and means we ought to go about doing it. But I wanted to point out what Jesus, our Savior, our trailblazer told us to do and showed us to do and taught us to do so that we could follow in his steps doing exactly what he had already done. I want to close with this story this morning. Chuck Swindoll tells a story about a man that he visited in an old broken down veteran's home. The day he arrived, he saw the soldier who had a young son. Um, so during the hospitalization, this man had created and made a little wooden truck for his boy. The boy was never allowed to go up on the ward that the father was on, and so he could only see the boy through, through the glass down on the street. So he made this gift to remind his son how deeply loved and valued he was. And so one day, the son was coming with the mother, and he saw them down there in front of the hospital, and he asked an orderly to take the gift down to his son, to his son who was downstairs. And the father just watched looking out his fifth floor window, watching his son as his son received the gift and unwrapped it and hugged it to himself and just was so happy. He was just beaming. The father could see this. He was thrilled by the gift. And he puts the truck down and he jumps into the orderly's arms, thanking him for such a wonderful gift. All the while, the father was up there on the fifth floor, standing behind the window pane, trying to get his son's attention to no avail. The father was wildly waving his arms, trying to get his son's attention. It was me. I'm the one that gave you that gift. I love you. I want you to know I haven't forgotten you. Look up here. Look at me. Finally, the mother and, and the orderly got the little boy's attention and told him that the orderly did not give him that gift, but his father that was up there, to which the boy looked up and he saw his dad finally. And he cried out, oh, daddy, 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 thank you so much for my truck. I love it. And daddy, I love you. All the while, the father stood in the window weeping. I hope that you have an amazing Thanksgiving this year. But I pray that in the midst of all the crazy making and busyness, that you'll take a page out of Jesus's training manual to look up and say, thank you, Daddy. Thank you for, for the food that I eat and all the things that you've provided for me. Thank you for being so good and loving me. Thank you, God, for, for revealing yourself and, and revealing your truth in the way of my salvation. Thank you. Thank you, oh God. Thank you for, for listening to my prayer and wanting to be in relationship with me and hear what I've got to say. And thank you, thank you, Daddy, for your salvation. I think when we do that, I don't know if God cries, but this Daddy sure would. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for the preciousness of your son's example and that you never ask us to do something that you haven't already done yourself. So we've learned today how to give thanks and what we ought to be thanking you for. So today, God, fill our hearts with a intentionality 
to spend time this week thanking you for your provision, for revealing yourself to people just like us, thanking you for prayer and the avenue it is, and thanking you, God, for such a great salvation. We wanna thank you because without these things, we would be lost. We pray all these prayers in the strong but gentle name of Jesus and all God's people say, amen, amen.